As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, James, it is December. Is it your favorite month, second favorite month, least favorite month? Are you happy it's December? How do you feel? Uh, I'm a big summer guy, so December sucks for you. I, I don't, I don't like the winter. It's it's too long. I like Christmas, but yeah, the winter's too long. <laughs> well, I say it's December because the Leafs just finished a rollicking. Is that the right word? November. That is, that's the word for sure. Nice. You need to use that in your next story. Rollicking. I don't yeah, know where you come up with these words. Myself. It's like you have like a you have like a dork thesaurus somewhere that just under your desk. I read a lot of stuff. You read something that has the word rollicking in it and spicy. <laughs> spicy. No, actually, people don't use spicy as much as I'd like they, them to. Uh, although Cloak, whenever he sends me messages, he's sure to include spicy because he knows I like it. Anyway, the Leafs did have a really spicy... November 11, 1, and 3, they take 25 of a possible 30 points. I have a stat for you, Jonas. That is the most yeah. points in a month the Leafs have ever had. Is that true? Yes. 25, That's crazy. 25 points. Well, they played a shitload of games. 15 games, yeah. And, and what's uh, crazy about that, James, like just to add some more context, which people listening to this obviously know, is Jake Muzzin didn't play a game. Brody missed, I believe, 10. Uh, Riley has missed the last five. Uh, Samsonov missed most of the month. Matt Murray missed half of the month. Yeah, I think if you would have showed us their roster like before the season yeah. and said this is what they're going to have for November, well, how many games? And you look at who they played too. They played some good teams. I, d- I don't think we would have come up with 11-1-3 as their record. 
Well, so what, I think what's interesting, and Sheldon Keefe brought this up after the game against San Jose, which they won or came, not came back to win, but they won in the third period. Um, he mentioned like we would be in a much better place if we had started better. And yet maybe we wouldn't have had the November that we had if we didn't have that start. What do you make of that? Like, what do you, how do you kind of balance the two different things where it's like you could look at them and be like, man, like if they had really gotten off to a better start in October when they're playing all those weak teams and then they did this in November, they would be right there with Boston for the division. Do you just say, you know what? They didn't have a great start, and they've rebounded, and that's all that matters. Well, I think. How do you see it? W- w- one of the weirdest things about it is this is what they did last year. Like it, it feels like s- very similar to last season, doesn't it? Like the just the. It- yeah, the only difference is like last last November was really a Jack Campbell thing, and they didn't have like these. And Matthews was hurt, and Ma- yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at their injuries in October. So Mrazek was out. Mikheyev was out. No, it that wasn't. Was basically, it, it wasn't there, like there this. wasn't anything else. Yeah, yeah. No, and but it just feels similar in that Toronto's freaking out, and they've they've lose some games. They, Marner didn't look very good last year, the first like seven eight games, and then it was like a a switch flipped, and then all of a sudden they were one of the best teams in the league for a long stretch. Yeah, but there's there's different. I think I think this year's return to form is is more impressive obviously which is like how many players they've been missing yes i'm more impressed by this than than last year just like you look at their defense right now and basically what could have been their quote-unquote third pair to begin the season is is their first pair or like or you could say the sandine Lilgren is their third pair whatever like basically i wrote it down the other day uh where is it here so you look at it like their depth chart coming into the year their number one defenseman is out. Their number two defenseman is out. Their number three defenseman is out. Their number eight, their number 10, all out. And it's like, it, it hasn't really mattered. Um, what do you make of that? Like, we're going to get into Marner and the point streak, and we'll talk about the defense, we'll talk about the goaltending. But like, to me, this is like a sign of a, a good team when you can kind of have all these injuries and you can just kind of keep rolling. Like the Boston Bruins are the perfect example. Like they get off to that insane start. They didn't have Marchand. They didn't have uh, McAvoy. Well, Boston's done that for years. Remember that? That was something yes. we talked Pittsburgh about. Pittsburgh was had done that before too. But we we I remember we t- talking about that a few years ago. That Boston would just lose guys, and it didn't seem to matter. And normally, what that speaks to in the NHL is it's kind of. It's a team that has a strong identity and a strong system and that you can take pieces out of it and it doesn't matter because the rest of the whole continues to play the same strategically as they would if everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's it's a bunch of things. It's a it's a credit to Sheldon Keefe, you know, who took, I think, a lot of undue heat early in the season. Can and I stop you there? I don't know that it was – I think some of it was over the top. They were not playing good. I don't know that you could you could not criticize the yeah, coach during that stretch. It was like six fair. or seven games. I, I like I no. Think, it was ten games. It was ten ten games at least. I I think that Keith has proven enough that he deserves more of the benefit of the doubt than like whatever it is, whatever you want to say it is, seven or ten games or whatever. Like I don't think I think firing him after such a short period of time made would make no sense. Yeah, but to be fair, James, if they had gone another five ten games and were playing like that. It would get, it would have gotten pretty hot, and I don't think it would have been undeserved if that had continued. But he turned it around. Like I'm not with you. Like I think some of the stuff that we we saw early in the season, like there was like the team is 
built poorly and all that kind of stuff, I think was over the top. But it was a concerning start. Like, I don't think you could look at that start and be like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's cool. No, I mean, certainly there were, like, they they certainly weren't playing great. But I just, changing the coach based on what had happened in those first whatever you want to call it. Even if you want to say it's the first month of the season, it didn't make any sense to me after, after, especially last year. I mean, he turned things around after a slow start and fair had a hundred. I think he deserves some season. criticism, James. I don't think replacing him made any sense at that point. Yeah. I, any, I just, anyway. I, I'm pushing back against like the over the top. And it's, I find it, it's funny covering this team and talking about this team because when they're not playing well and they're bad, there's, there's a lot of pressure from, just in the market to like, oh, why why aren't you ripping Dubas? Why aren't you like, you know, trashing the way the team's built and like the the core four contracts and you know, like it 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 really quickly swings one way or the other. And then, you know, then they go eleven, one and four or whatever it is the last sixteen games and all of a sudden that goes away. And um just like the the polarization of of everything is the, the, the there there's I, I've seen on Twitter people call them like the dubasites and then there's like the anti there yeah and then there's like the anti dubasites and it's not just like game. there's people <laughs> why not it's, I don't know it sounds terrible well w- whatever like the you know like the the acolytes of like they're just for whatever reason Kyle Dubas is super polarizing like around the league and, and in Toronto yeah. specifically and I mean again this season does come down to the playoffs but. What I think, so I didn't finish my train of thought. So, like, one thing that it shows the record that they have is that they have a strong system they can plug and play. The other thing is that the goaltending has been way better than anyone expected, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, like, this is a good team. Like, there's a lot of good players on this team. And I think the craziest thing about their record right now, and they're on pace for pretty close to the record they had last year when they had 115 points, is they have a lot of their best players have not is uh, Matthew specifically have, have not played to their capability. So, you know, there's yeah. still things you can point to and say they can be better here. Yeah. You and I were talking about that at, at the game uh, on Wednesday night in like, you go through the roster and like, I'll just ask you some, I'll just, we'll do it quickly right now. You tell me if this guy has had a great season or not bunting. Definitely not. Matthews. No. Neilander. Yeah, Neilander's been good. Marner. I mean, Marner's been Marner's been really good the last. What do we want to say? Ten games. Yep. Tavares. Yep. Yeah. Yarncrock. No. <laughs> I I controversially gave Yarncrock an, <laughs> an F in my quarter season report card, and I got some heat for it. Uh, Aston Reese, I think, has been okay, but not like great. Camp has not been great. He's been fine. Robertson's not been great. Engvall, no. Holmberg, yes, but like rookie. Kerfoot, no. You know what I mean? Like you go through the roster, Giordano has been excellent. Hmm. Justin Hall has been better the last few weeks. Sandine, same. Lilligren, same. Riley, no. Brody, fine. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, and then the goalies, like you mentioned the goalies. So I did want to bring this up before we're going to talk about it, but these are the five-on-five save percentage leaders in the NHL teams this year. Number one, Boston. Number two, Colorado. Number three, Winnipeg. Number four, the Islanders. Number five, the Leafs. It's funny Colorado's there, hey? Like, they give up their goalie yeah. that they win the cup with, and they get 
Georgiev, who, you know, it's... They went with the approach that you and I have talked about, like, just get two guys pretty cheap and, like, yeah. we'll see if it works, like, to win a cup, but, like... Well, yeah. it, Colorado's perspective was Kemper didn't really have a great, say, percentage and they still won the Stanley Cup, so, like, why are we going to make a bet on someone we're not sure if we can count on or not and and, and spend a lot of money? Wow, and like you look at what's happening in Edmonton, and like, <laughs> yeah. boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, and I mean right. that, that's another yeah, one. Go ahead. Just speaking of you know the criticism that Dubas has got, I mean that's one where you have to be like they absolutely made the right decision. There was a lot of talk in the summer, like did they make the right decision letting Campbell go? Should they have done something different? It's like boy, like they they stuck to their convictions that that was the right way to go, and they're a hundred percent right. Yeah, he has an 875 save percentage at the time of this recording. Brutal. Like that that stretch he had where he was brutal in February of last year. It looks that looks the same as right now. So let's talk uh we're gonna get to the pod bag. We have a big pod bag, lots of questions. Um, but we should talk to start about Marner in this streak. It's now at 18 games, he's matched the record. He can get the record on Saturday in Tampa. First matchup against Tampa this season, if I'm not mistaken, since the playoffs. So that should be interesting. Um, You're going to be there. I am going to be there. You're going to be on the beach. No. No? You don't? Oh, you'll be at the pool? Hopefully, yeah. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) so... He gets it really late in that game. And it's and you know what? Like he's on the ice, obviously, empty net situation. That's that's when he he's defending leads. There's a reason he's on the ice at that point. Um, but zoom out a bit. What is impressive to you about the stretch of uh, beyond the fact that it's he's gone like more than a month now without um not or how am I trying to say this? He's gone more than a month. <laughs> Can you finish the sentence for me? No, what am I, I trying to say? What, I don't know what's going. We're off the rails here, and it doesn't have any. He's good. gone a month straight uh, and hit the score sheet in every game. It's, I don't it's know. Been, you know what I'm trying to say? It's been more Jeez. than a month, Jonas. It's been more than a month. It's like October 28th, I think, or 27th. You know what's even more impressive than the streak, James? And like, you can take this for what it is. He's got a point in every game but one, and they're 25 games in the season. And like, he didn't even have a great start to the season. So take it and run with it wherever you want. Well, so Marner's been one of the best players in the league again. Like he did this last year for the second half where he was just outrageously dominant. And and there were long stretches of the year where he was outscoring everyone, including McDavid last year. Um, the second half he did. He ex- basically outscored everyone. Are you Are you buying or selling Marner as a potential Hart Trophy candidate this year? It feels a little bit early for that. Um, It's coming. I see that the case is starting to build. I think there's a case, but I mean, like, take this for what it's worth, James. Like, you look at when the streak started to now, and it's not like he's like his points are not crazy. Like, if you look at when the streak started to now, it's like McDavid has more points, Robertson has more points, Tate Thompson has more points, Carlson. McDavid's way ahead in the scoring race. Like, he's got twelve more points than Marner. Like. Right. I, I so, like any 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 heart conversation right now is going to be about the runner up. I think. <laughs> yeah, but like if you're looking at the Leafs MVP to this point, I think it's like. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd say he's their MVP to this point. Like, I think you'd probably put him in the same boat to me as Tavares and and maybe Neander, just well, based on the way things started. But he's just obviously more valuable 
in the other stuff that he does. He's on the trajectory to be the MVP at this point, right? Like, I think that... Yes, but, like, you can't discount what's going to happen with Matthews. We'll see. We'll talk about that a little later. Okay. But Good. right now, he is 11th, or tied for, no, tied for 8th in the league in scoring, and he's played more games than most of those guys. The uh, people ahead of him, McDavid, Jason Robertson, having an amazing season despite missing training camp, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Pasternak, Eric Carlson, amazing, uh, and Sidney Crosby. Those are the uh, the seven players ahead of Marner right now. Mm-hmm. And he's tied with Tage Thompson and Matthew Kachuk and Miko Rantanen. And, and then you and then you know and then you know who's next? Austin Matthews. Yeah. Austin Matthews is tied for thirteenth in points in the NHL despite so much talk about him not having a very good season to date, which is pretty incredible. That's when you know you're a good player. <laughs> you can be thirteenth in not NHL a scoring in a in, in a bad year. Yeah, like he has basically the same numbers as Tavares, and we're like, Tavares has been the, like, that's just, that's the difference in expectations and abilities, obviously. We did our quarter season report cards three or four games ago, and we gave Matthews a B minus, and, and some of the comments were, oh, how can you give, he said he's been terrible, how you give him a B minus? And it's like, the other thing too is that you look at the underlying numbers, Matthews leads the leaves. He's first on the team and expected goals, and he's getting tough minutes. So, like, despite the fact that the goals aren't there and he's on pace for whatever, 20 fewer goals in last year, there, there have been other indicators where, like, he's still been good. Yes, but counter is that he's been nowhere near as good as he was last year. Right? He's, he's at, like, 50. James, at, you're interrupting. This is not, a, we're not talking about Matthews. This is a Marner conversation about, right now. We're talking about everything. Are we? Everything. Have you seen that movie? I wanna, Everything, everywhere, no, I really all see, at once. Really that's what the it. that's the theme of this podcast. Is I just like <laughs> I'm just going to just randomly interject right. what I want to talk well, about at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get us back on the rails, and I want to ask you something that I've been asking you about basically since uh, last night, and you've been helping me because I'm going to write about this. Who do you think the player is in the league that compares to Marner? Because like a lot of you you talk to players in the last few days and the last couple of weeks about Marner and like the point streak and everything like that. And every time they bring up, yeah, but like he's also amazing defensively. And so that got me thinking, I was like, is there, there are obviously players in the league, forwards in the league who are really good offensively and defensively, but there's not really anyone that I could find as a winger who is like Marner, who's like this incredible passer, great penalty killer, great defensive player, there's just not a lot of guys who kind of combine that skill set. Like, who do you think is the most like him in well, the game today? Uh, you know, a lot of the Selkie candidates, I don't have the list in front of me, but a lot of the Selkie candidates in recent years have always been centers. You know, it's like Kopitar, Jonathan Taves, Bergeron obviously has won tons of them. There hasn't been, you know, there hasn't been a lot of uh, stone. Would well, let be me look. I have Mark- it in front of you, James. Like, I'm trying to find who is the last winger to win this award when... Datsuk. So these are the guys. So counting backwards: Bergeron, Barkov, Couturier, O'Reilly, Kopitar, Bergeron, Kopitar, Bergeron, Bergeron, Taves, Bergeron, Kessler, Datsuk, 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 Brindamore, Brindamore, Draper, Lettinen. Lettinen was a winger. So, but Datsuk played wing in Detroit frequently. Did did he not? Center. Yeah. Center more than wing. But like, there you go. 
Lettinen, I guess, would be the last guy. Who was the one you mentioned right before Lettinen? There was someone else who played wing. Chris Draper, yeah. I guess Chris yeah, Draper's Draper before. Would, yeah. yeah. Draper won a Selkie. Wow, I did not know that. What year was that? 2004. Yeah. It's like coming off like the Red Wings dynasty, basically, right? I get yeah. the I get the Red Wings dynasty in my mind because I wrote that story about Brendan Shanahan a few days ago, and it's like I was I just I read so many stories about those teams. It's like, man, those teams were good, ridiculous. Yes. They were like the best team in the league, and then they went and got Shanahan, and <laughs> like it's kind of crazy they didn't win before that. Yes, but you were going to say I was going to say I'm just. Like I said, everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm just going to just... Wow, James, how about this? Sorry to interrupt you again. How about this Selkie Trophy voting in 2004? These are the top five. Number one, Chris Draper. Number two, John Madden. Remember, John Madden was awesome. Yeah. Number three, Alan McCauley. Whew. Number four, Marty St. Louis. Number five, Michael Becca. I think the voters maybe had too many cocktails before they went. They <laughs> right? <went in>. <laughs> what <laughs> that, is happening? That was before I was a voter, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure what was going on there. Oh, man. I think. I think the introduction of like analytics and some of the new stats have helped the Selkie voting in in the last five years. Yeah, I would say so. Although mostly what Although, they say, most mostly what they say is like just vote for Patrice Bergeron every single year. Let me see what the voting was last year. In terms of like uh, how many first place votes, I think he probably like was pretty close to unanimous. He got a hundred and uh, fuck, that's the wrong award. Wow, we were really off the rails here. I love it. Uh, Bergeron got a hundred and sixty-one first place votes. Elias Lindholm got twenty-one. Barkov got nine. Ryan O'Reilly got one. Andre Kopitar got three. Mitch Marner finished sixteenth. In Selkie Trophy voting last year. I think Matthews was like 10th, right? He was 10th. See, that's that's to our point. Like, you, well, so, uh, what, what, I mean, what you wingers, look at some of the guys ahead of him. Yeah. What wingers were in, in the top 10 okay. or 15 uh, of so voting last year? Bergeron Center, Lindholm Center, Barkov Center, O'Reilly Center, Sorelli Center, Kopitar Center, Joel Erickson Eck. He, he uh, plays a lot of center. center. Philip Deneau, center. Marcus Foligno, winger. There you go. Matthews, center. Stahl, center. Brad Marchand, winger. Uh, Michael Backlund, center. Sebastian Ajo, center. Well, it just makes because sense if you have your best center. defensive forwards, you would want them playing in the middle, right? Because that's the player. Like, wingers aren't typically the ones that are doing the heavy lifting defensively. Exactly. Like, that's the... So, again, so, like, he's just so... It's such a interesting combination of skills that he has like i looked at last year like players who kill as many penalties as he does but also put up the same number of points and it's like the only other guy i told you was jt miller and like you pointed out jt miller plays nothing like marner he's not anywhere near the offensive player that marner is yeah he had 99 points last year yeah but like what's he have this year he's like he's not in the same category as marner as an offensive player come on Get real, James. So all this talk is to say that the Leafs should move Marner to center, right? <laughs> I, I mean, get, they drafted him as a center, and then for some reason that just kind of disappeared. Can I can I get you on on the tangent of, and then who should move to wing? Well, <laughs> you know, that's a. I want to hear your spicy meatball. Yeah, I want to hear your spicy take. Um, it's almost become you, a meme now that. <laughs> what, Tavares? Yeah. Dude, it's going to happen at some point. He's had, he's had a 
pretty good year. Like I can't quibble with that. But like again, it's not a big deal. Players move to wing to center what, what does John, all the time. What is only in this what, market is it a big deal? Like Braden what, Point, Steven Samkos, all these guys. Anyway, James, don't be an agitator. What it, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it today. I got about I know, six I hours sleep, and I. <laughs> Me too. Uh, what uh, What does John Tavares's next contract look like? You know, he's he's obviously going to resign and stay in Toronto long term. So you're just like a little shit disturber today. What's Mitch Marner's next contract look like? How about that? No, I, you got to answer the Tavares thing first. Maybe he goes hometown discount. Maybe he goes full Giordano. What if he's hundred grand? What if he signs a seven year deal at eight hundred grand a year and just that would be awesome. I wonder what the longest like the a deal that's like seven or eight years with the lowest number is like that. Nick Paul's probably got to be in the conversation. Anyway, you're what was you're, that one? We've, you dragged us way off. It's like three point one five or something like that. Anyway, let's get back to more relevant stuff. Let's talk about the the goaltending. Uh, I posted a stat last night. Murray and Samsonov are 12, 3, and 1 so far this year combined. Crazy. And yet they both obviously missed extensive time with injuries. Uh, Samsonov is currently fifth in the NHL in save percentage. He is a character, eh? <laughs> I said to you, we, we were in the dressing room and uh, he did his, his post-game press conference. Um, with the media and I said to you it was like it's like it's like the new generation of Russian players right like it's the Russians historically had this reputation of being you know I, I don't want to like be cliched or whatever but just he's just like really gregarious and like almost like silly yes. when, when he talks to the media he yes. almost he's like a cartoon character or something <laughs> yeah 100% he? like he's just he's making weird facial expressions and I don't know. He's bouncing off the walls. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. He's. He looks good though. I mean, it looks again. It's another win for the the Dubasites. Yeah, but like obviously, like the goaltending has been excellent. That's going to be a year long conversation. We're going to have to see how this plays out. We're going to have to see if Matt Murray obviously can stay healthy. I mean, you remember, like we talked about Jack Campbell earlier. Like Campbell was like lights out in November. I think his save percentage in November last year was like nine fifty eight. Something stupid like well, that. I mean, that's he went to the All Star game last year. Like, yeah, remember, like we were talking about him as like Vesna. There was like, <laughs> should he be on the U.S. Olympic team? Obviously, there were no Olympics for them. All right, so that brings me to a good point. We uh, we never ever should talk about goaltenders for the Vesna, especially not Leafs goaltenders. Good rule before like the end of January, because <laughs> it just. What should we call the rule? I, the Jack Campbell rule. <laughs> okay. That's, that's good. Honestly, James, like as I know that's, that's funny. And I think that's actually a good rule to have because I have a rule for myself. I call it like to myself, the David Clarkson rule. I never rule out that someone could be traded because like when that happened, I was like, okay, anybody can be traded. If that guy can be traded on that contract where things were at that point, anyone can be traded. And I think it's a good rule to have. The Jack Campbell rule. I, I think I've told you this story. I was, I was in Boston. I was going to the Sloan Analytics Conference when when Clarkson got traded. And I remember I was walking. I was looking for a place to eat. It was like walking down the street. It was freezing cold. It was like minus 15 or something ridiculous. And I get a, big, a whole bunch of notifications on my phone. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Didn't It, it was like a <laughs> Friday night at like 6 o'clock or it was like some weird time. It was time. right before a game. It was, it was really bizarre. 
So I'm like walking around in the freezing cold in Boston. My phone starts blowing up. I pick it up. I look at the message. And the, the email was from the Leafs. Like there was like the press release from the Leafs. And I thought it, I had to check to make sure it actually came from the Leafs. I was like, is this like. Oh, you thought it was a joke or something? I, thought it, I was like, is this actually real? Did this happen? Because <laughs> the headline said like David Clarkson traded to the Blue Jackets. Right. For Nathan Horton, who hadn't, who wasn't playing. That contract was like at like an all time low at that point. It was like, what are oh my what are they going to do with this guy? I did overdrive earlier this month, and and we had Dave Nois on, and he brought up unprompted. We were talking about actually, we were talking about Campbell and like if Edmonton. It was like ten games in the season. If Edmonton, if they had the chance, if they could disappear the contract right away, like just avoid it. And he brought up knowing very early into his tenure or into that season that they knew it was a mistake with Clarkson. I was, I wanted yeah. to follow up. Like no, when no did kidding. they know? But when did they know? Like when did, was it the, the pregame suspension? Like well, he looked brutal. Preseason? Like he couldn't, he didn't even look like, like I, I remember watching him. It's like, did they scout this guy at all? Like he didn't. And, and I had, I, I, I don't know if you remember, like I wrote some pretty critical stuff of the contract uh, right after it was signed. Cause I talked to some people in New Jersey, including some people that had played with them. And they're like, this makes no sense. Like this guy, well, like especially with what preceded it, James. Like they bought out Krabowski and then just gave all the money to Clarkson. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like unreal. Anyway, that's interesting that Donus is talking about his time with the Leafs, and that would actually be an interesting story. You should call him up one day. Say, when did you know <laughs> trouble when he jumped off the well, bench in Buffalo to fight John Scott? Not, 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 not to pile on Clarkson because like he's a good guy and it's not his fault. Sure. Like I felt bad for him that you know it was it was obviously he took it really hard that it didn't work out, but like he couldn't skate. Like he yeah. he just couldn't skate. He he also made a mistake of trying to lean into the Wendell Clark thing. Like that just it just made expectations. Well, I mean, the front page of the newspaper said Wendell Clarkson and put a exactly. mustache on him. Like <laughs> It wasn't really <laughs> yeah. his fault. No. Anyway, we've gotten off track. Uh, let's take a I'm break. I'm telling I, you, it's my goal today. We're, I think, yeah, this is everything happens is all at once. Yeah. There is. Uh, let's take a break, and then let's talk a little bit about the defense. We'll talk about Matthews. We'll talk about Connor Timmons. We haven't talked about that. And then we'll get into the pod bag. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, everything is happening everywhere all at once. Let's talk about the defense. Mark Giordano and Justin Hall, first pair. Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilgren, second pair. 
Victor Mete and Mac Hollowell, third pair. If you had told me those guys would be on their third pair and they would just keep winning, I'd be like, what is happening? Or if you told me any of that was happening combined with all the injuries and the goalies and I just never would have believed it. Credit to what you were talking about earlier. Like they've just kind of plugged these guys in and Mark Giordano to me is the most impressive part of this. Like he's the oldest skater as we talked about in the league and like they're playing hard minutes. He's playing a lot of minutes. I think he led them in minutes last night, Wednesday night. Ageless wonder, man. Like in a league where I remember when they signed him or when they acquired him last year, talked to people around the league about him. They're like, well, he doesn't move the way he used to. He does not, for sure. But it he's just smart. Good positionally. He makes the right play with the puck. It it doesn't really seem to matter that he doesn't skate as well as he used to. Yeah, he told me uh I don't like doing that he told me thing, but like he did. Um that <laughs> I think you can say you that. You know how reporters what, do that? I don't know. It bothers me when people Yeah, well anyway. we are reporters, so we talk yes, like, but we talk one of the like things reporters that he, sometimes. He mentioned is like when you get old, when you're young in your career, you're like kind of like running all over the place. And he said, when you get a little older and more experienced in your career, you just try to get to the spot you know you need to be in, and that's kind of like it's more anticipation, and and it's like the old Ron Hainsey thing where it's he just like he just knows where to be, he knows where to stand, and it's like that that makes sense with Mark Giordano. Like he's got a good stick, positionally he's good. It's like they're playing these hard minutes. They're playing a lot of minutes. I I wonder how long this can kind of hold up. He knows but where they're going to gonna get TJ. Yeah, he knows where to stand has become one of those iconic phrases in, like, if you followed the Leafs the last twenty years, that's just one of those ones that it's like he was just okay. Oh, dude, I want us to if we, we should ever have wanted to create a side hustle and just make T-shirts, that will be <laughs> one of the T-shirts. He knows where to stand. Uh, this guy's such an idiot. Uh, he was okay, just okay. He was what just a, okay. What is, like, what about uh, good one, Randy? Good one, Randy is a great one. How about Matthews from the playoffs that one year? Shit happens, I guess. Yeah, that was, I think that's yeah. what it was. That was a good one. Yeah. There's anyway. we're not worried about year one. Or we're, we're only <laughs> we're only year worried about year one. That's a good one. Not year seven. Yeah. Oh man. And, uh, <laughs> and he was brutal in year one. <laughs> yeah, that, that quote kind of came back to haunt them. I I like the one this one didn't become iconic but remember the one where ron wilson talked about building statues for rhymer and script that's a good one and then you piss all over them he's like then you knock them down and you piss on them and it's like jesus ron like you're going to some dark places here people are just trying to write a nice story about ben scrivens and you're anyway i think that was rhymer but um he used went to the statue oh yeah he went to it more than once i think scrivens was the second one i i think well, remember he he hid when when Scrivens was going to start, and then he said something like about piranhas and like yeah, he didn't want. <laughs> no, oh uh, man, there were some of the history of this team, like the fact that they've kind of moved past all that nonsense, is uh, is noteworthy. Obviously, I'm, I'm like they're just like I'm bringing it back. Hopefully, people know what the hell I'm talking about here today. But so, James, what is the most impressive part to you of this defense? Like one element, one player, one pair. What's stuck out to you? I think I got to say Justin Hall. I mean, just the way he started yeah. the year, I thought he was like playing his way out of the lineup or off the team or something. He just, he was handling the puck like a hand grenade and, you know, his first seven or, it wasn't, they wasn't really till they put him with Brody and yep. showed some confidence in him. And 
Like if you look at his splits, I haven't looked at with Giordano, but if you look at his splits when he was playing with with Muzzin early in the year, and then when he moved to Brody, the numbers just completely flipped. Yes. And, you know, when we did the quarter season report cards, I only gave Hall a C. And a big reason for that was it, it really looked like Brody was the reason that Hall season turned around. Well, now Brody's been out of the lineup and he's still been good. So clearly that theory goes out the window a little bit. Yeah, but it, it does speak to kind of the effect that, that Giordano has. And, and we saw the same thing actually last year when they put him with Giordano late in the season, like in the playoffs, they put him and they played together late in the regular season. Actually, no, they didn't play together late in the regular season. Logren was they playing. They put them together. Yeah. Logren was playing it was, with Giordano. Right. And it was after game two that they took Logren out and put Justin Hall in and played him with Giordano. And those two were excellent together. Um, if you look at, I mean, the underlying numbers with, with uh, Giordano are okay, but like they're playing like really hard minutes. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's the one. And and honestly, you think of like everything that's happened with Justin Hall, like dating back to the summer and just like, all the speculation. Like Neo in like, the Matrix, he's the one. <laughs> sure, you're just like you. We're both pretty loopy, I think. And this is I'm trying really hard to keep this. On you were the, the one ordering the old fashions last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he honestly like testament. That's why I, I, I always thought he was worth kind of keeping around. And you think like you look ahead and you think of like, I wanted to ask you this question. We're going to, I think write about this at some point, but does anything of what's gone on now change your mind about their needs in terms of like adding a defenseman? Does any of this make you think, you know what? Maybe they have enough. Mm, I think I would still try and add a defenseman. And I the only the only caveat it. to that is I think it's going to be difficult to add like a top four defenseman by the trade deadline. Like I think it's just the asking price is going to be really high. There aren't going to be a lot of great candidates. Maybe what you do, Jonas, is you try and just get a defenseman who brings a little bit of a different element, someone who's good on the penalty kill, someone who's good defensively. Maybe that's what you look for. Yeah, one of our pals... Chris Johnson was making that point that that's maybe what you do and maybe you focus more on the forward. Um, yeah, like, do you, I haven't actually looked into this. It would be interesting, maybe a story for someone to write, is like, do forwards you think cost less at the trade deadline than defensemen? Like, do you think because of the, yeah. the commodity that they end up costing more than yeah, forwards? I, I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's true. And, and what you see with the defenseman is kind of like the, we'll call it the Ben Sherratt effect. Where great call. We're making the, all these rules and effects yeah, and theories. No, I love it. Yeah, and we should come back to these over and over again. The Ben Sherratt <laughs> effect is they just the their value just gets inflated because general managers are like, Can we they look at their blue line like, Can we win with this group? It's like, Well, what if one guy gets hurt? And they're like, Oh, I I gotta trade a first round pick for Ben Sherratt. Yeah, and wasn't it basically I think that prospects might have gone the other way, but like Claude Giroux is similar like he went for a first round pick i think he went for a first round pick you know what i've been watching ottawa a lot i got a bunch of senators in my pool and they have not had a very good season but claude Giroux's had a good year like it's it's not on him that where they are in the standings right now but maybe the leafs can trade for artem zub Uh, ottawa wants to keep him so i guess we'll see yeah, I think it's an interesting, like I've, I was initially, I, I still think I'm with you. I still don't know how you can say to yourself, we are, we can take Jake Muzzin out of our lineup and just not replace him. And I just look ahead to playoffs and the type of defenseman that you need and the type of matchups and the age of like their defense. And 
I, I, I still am with you. Um, speaking of defense and speaking of trades, the Leafs did trade for Connor Timmins. They give up Curtis Douglas. Do you have any problem with them giving tur- up Curtis Douglas? Are you on the, oh no, they just gave up another Mason Marchment kind of thing? I did see there were, there was, there were, that was part of the fan base movement. The anti dubasites did not, did not like giving up Curtis Douglas. Curtis Douglas is going to be like, like he was having a hard time establishing himself in the AHL. So I think it's, it's a little bit different than Mason Marchment, you know. I guess the, the comparison is he's gigantic. He's even bigger than Mason Marchman. He's 6'9", 242. He is a huge man. Yeah. But he's in, in not a good skater. Improved as a skater, but still not a good skater. Slow. I'd be very surprised if Curtis Douglas is in the NHL in the next two years. And after that point, he's going to be waiver eligible. And like he'll probably be available. The only thing is he's 22. Like He's still young. But, like, but counter. Connor Timmons is 24. He's right shot. He's a former, like, highly touted defenseman. Well, and like, he's he played he, in the NHL. Like, he played for Colorado, a really good team, two years ago. Yeah, not a lot. Like, and he did play in the playoffs. Again, not a lot. Uh, he's played 41 NHL mm-hmm. games. More but than like, Curtis Douglas. Yeah, who's at zero. Um, but I think what's interesting, it's, it's kind of just like a, a project that really doesn't have any risk. Like, that was the point you made to me is like there's there's not really any downside like and you look ahead the only risk is you give up something and then at some point you have to put them on waivers and you just lose them and then like so the only downside is maybe you give up curtis douglas for nothing at some point yeah fair but that doesn't concern me that much well like he was like he he was a pretty highly touted prospect like he was the reason like you go back to that summer when you and i were debating whether they should trade for darcy kemper and it's like they didn't have like a package that could meet what Colorado did, which was trading first round wasn't pick. It Timmons and a first round pick. Yeah. For one year of Kemper, which right. that trade kind of worked out for Colorado. I would say it, it did it, work out it, for Colorado. I think Joe Sackick did okay there. Yeah. All right. The only other thing I, I had that I wanted us to discuss was Matthews. He's starting to cook a little bit. He's looking better. Um, starting to score a bunch more at five on five. Do you like the fit with Neander or no? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do like it. And um, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence as someone well, who likes watching those two together. But I think the the Tavares Marner thing is work. Now they did switch those lines up in the San Jose game, so we'll see what happens with that. They don't but, have they don't have like the same chemistry as as Marner and Matthews do, obviously, and they're probably going to go back to that at some point, but. I Nylander's on pace for a career year and I, I like yeah. the way that he looks and I and also it's early too like Matthews and Nylander haven't played together a whole lot in the last few years like I think if you give them a little bit more time you might see that connection a little, a little bit more now what do you so so Callie Arncroft uh, got hurt in that San Jose game injured his groin groins are never a short-term thing like that's probably I mean, Sheldon Keith didn't say specifically but said he would miss some time which means I bet weeks probably month. yeah Maybe it'll be a month. What do you think they do? Because he was obviously filling a spot on their second line. They have not had an answer to that spot with Tavares. They've tried basically everything. Um, they're obviously going to need to call someone up. Maybe it's like uh, Adam Gaudet. Maybe it's Joey Anderson, whoever it is. I don't think Nick Robertson is is the answer there. Like I, I'm, We were talking about this at the game. I, I think it's time probably to, to get him to the Marlies and move on from that well, and give him that, some 
now that Yarncroc's out, he probably there's probably more opportunity for him, right? Like, yeah, but like James, like he just doesn't. F- I, I think you're probably right. They probably keep him, and but I don't think he belongs on that line. Like, I just don't think no. he's good enough to play there at this point. Right, but it's not like they have like a natural. Like, I don't want to no, see. I don't want to see Kerfoot there anymore. Like Kerfoot's. This might be the worst that Kerfoot has played as a Leaf lately. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. And I know he assisted on the uh, the winning goal, but it was and the a, game t- game go ahead goal. It was a tough night for him, and that was the winning goal. The go ahead goal was the winning goal. What are we talking? Oh, about Oh yeah, here? the winning goal. I thought. I thought. Sorry, I I thought you meant the empty net goal. He but also, you did mean the winning goal. He also assisted on that. Well, I I said the winning goal. <laughs> We're at the part. Uh, of, we're at the part of the movie where the dildos came out for people oh that have seen for people that have seen the everything everywhere all at once. It's the best part of the movie, Jonas. I look forward to seeing it. Um, <laughs> okay, sure, I think I'm sure you do. I think we've had enough. I think it's time to head into the pod bag. Let's take a break. The pod bag is going to be even more off the rails. <laughs> and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. You see. A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, James, your favorite time of the podcast, uh, the pod bag. I am going to order a pizza tonight. I'm very, very, very excited. I eat it tonight. I ate a whole bunch of pizza in the press box last night. It was pretty good. That's pizza pizza, though. That's not well, the good stuff. I don't know. It's just when you're hungry and it's there. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with pizza pizza. I should say that. But it's not as good as some of the, like the pizza scene in Toronto is just outrageous right now. There's so many good spots. I know you prefer for your family because I get it. Like a pizza nova kind of thing, but it's not what I prefer. I prefer well, my, like my you children have to, to get sustenance in their bodies so they don't die. <laughs> and for some reason, they've decided they only eat one kind of pizza for the rest of their lives. So, is it pizza nova? Yes. And which kind? Like just plain cheese? That's all. Yeah, no toppings at all. But then, then my daughter, who's four, will pick toppings off of my pizza and eat them, even though she <laughs> insists that her pizza can't have toppings on it. I do love a cheese pizza. Do you are you not no, with a cheese pizza? No, I hate cheese pizza. I don't I think like, we've talked about this. Before. We have like leftovers in the fridge and I won't eat it. Wow. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. What do you got? Damn tiny children. All right. Uh this is a good question. Jeff wants to know uh who deserves credit for the excellent goaltending the Leafs are getting. Is it Curtis Sanford? Is it the good defensive play of the team? Is it Kyle Dubas, or have they just been lucky? Who deserves the credit? 
What about the actual? He did, the one option he didn't say was the goalies themselves. <laughs> for, <laughs> like, they don't deserve anything. <laughs> it's got to be someone else. It can't be them. I think it's probably a little bit of all of those. And it, again, like it's still too early to jump to any conclusions. It just is. Like you can compliment them; they've played as well as you could have hoped. But Which like, one of the least goalies are we nominate for the Vesna right now, though? <laughs> oh wait, Jack, that, Jack that, Camerol. Oh, I'm sorry. But so what do you make of this, James? Like you just think of like their defensive play. So obviously the last few weeks they've really kicked up their their game defensively. So these are the five on five metrics, and I'm looking at evolving hockey. Um expected goal rate defensively, they rank 13th. Shots against rate, they rank fourth. That mean anything to you or no? It means they're not allowing very many shots against. (laughs) (laughs) Right? All right. Did yeah, get it? it does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, we haven't heard from this questioner. Uh, name is West Lee. Like, not Wesley, but West Lee. Yep. Uh, would like to know. I don't know if that's male or female or other. Um, is there any explanation to how they're playing so well without their top three defensemen? Is it luck? Uh, did Dubas do a good job of ensuring they had depth? I think they do have defensive depth, but I think the other thing to your point is that the underlying numbers have not been amazing. Like they've been outplayed in games and found a way to win is part of what's happened. Like the last two games. New Jersey against New Jersey. Like they found a way to win that game, uh, by, by bribing the referees. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, they just found a way to grind out some of these, you know, low scoring games. The game against against Pittsburgh, they they did play well, but they've won some low scoring close games where they've just they've been just okay. Yeah, to your point, they rank twelfth right now in expected goal rate. At what's like fifty two percent or whatever? Fifty one point five. It's like that's not like they've been better than that the last couple of years. So but I think when w- you you're not going to be able to win games by like dominating the run of play when you're missing as many players as they have. So you're going to have to win games in a different way. You're going to have to win games in not giving up great A chances, getting good goaltending, you know, grinding out late in games. The way they've played in, you know, like third periods in that, I think is one of the more encouraging things. Like these are more kind of playoff style games. Yep. And their penalty kill has gotten better of late. The goaltending we mentioned. Yeah, last year they were third at 56%. We have a different Jeff, and he says, Myrtle, please take the podcast off the rails more often. We need more talk about movies, banter, and parenting advice. Oh, God. Do you want Do you want to talk about movies, banter, or parenting advice? I think we've done all of that stuff, haven't we? We talked about your pizza situation <laughs> darren responds and says i'm hoping for an addition of my kids won't eat it my kids won't eat anything man it's like it's got to be like this i don't know anyway one day jonas you'll have children and you'll i'll be laughing at your trials and tribulations uh and says why aren't the leafs wearing the boreas salming patches all year good question we talked about that at the game i don't know it, it's not, we didn't get confirmed from the team that they're not, but there was a report on social media that they were only wearing the Boreas Helming patch for two days, right? They should wear that all year. They should wear those jerseys more too. Those are great. The the reverse retro. Yeah. 
So that is that's that's a jersey from like early eighties. Is that right? Sort of, sort with, of, with like the shoulder white shoulder with the new crest, the new slash old crest. Because remember they had the they had the same sort of look, but they had that ugly old kind of corporate looking logo. Mm. Okay, right, um, right. I don't. I I honestly think it's like the craziest thing that the NHL does not lean more into having all these different jerseys. It's just money. Well, they are now. I mean, like this is. This like reverse retro every year or every two years, like that's the most. They're following yes. on the heels of the NBA, right? Like the NBA. The NBA is a million jerseys. Like yeah. you look every night and it's a different jersey. But like, well, I think there's the- a rule, James, that you can only wear a third jersey like 10 times or something. Like there's like a literally a rule. In the NHL? Yeah. Mm. Why? Well, and I think they should just let team. They should let. Like, maybe they should just have the fans vote what jersey they want them to wear most often. Or you know, so, like Vancouver is an example of a team. They've had different color schemes over the over the history. They've had different logos. They've had different. You know, and I grew up watching the Canucks when they had the flying skate, and I'm I like the black, yellow, and red, and that's been coming back. And there's, you know, yeah, those are good. They're it's great. It's the best. Even those Buffalo Sabres ones, which are like harken back to like the Pekka Dominic Kasich days, are pretty yeah, cool. The, the goat head, right? <laughs> yeah. Our, well, so I, our, I think it would be a buffalo head, but yeah. Our, well, it, it, they got nicknamed the goat head. Okay. But uh, our uh, Sabres writer, Matthew Fairburn, wrote a great story about the goat head and bringing it back. And he interviewed the guy that created the goat head. It's a great oh, story. Wow. It was like that two weeks cool. ago. You should You should read it. So anyway... We're going to use all of our influence here and our many hundreds of lis- <laughs> hundreds of listeners wear the Borea Salming patch all year. Like, why would you take it off? It makes no sense. Yes. Come on, Leafs. If you're listening, I know we get some Leaf staffers that listen. Keep that patch on there. It's also a beautiful patch. I'd yeah, like, and obviously, should- James, like we should mention, like that, that was just heartbreaking last week. And obviously, it was nice that he could get that last... Um, ceremony in Toronto. What a what a terrible, terrible disease. Brutal. Yeah. They should turn that Borea Salming patch into a T-shirt and sell it in the team store because I think they would sell tons of them. And then put, donate put the under- proceeds to ALS Research. Yeah, How about that? Put, well, they they are donating some of the the proceeds from the patch and stuff, and and some of the jerseys right now. So, you know, if you're looking to get a reverse retro jersey, buy it while the some of the proceeds are going to ALS Research. Uh. Michael Z wants to know Marner needs 34 more games to break Gretzky's point streak record. Do you say he does it? Uh, Ilya Samsonov after the game said he does it. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. Yeah. He just <laughs> people didn't. So someone said, how long do you think he can go or something? He's like, <laughs> and he's like 50 games. I think the record's 51. I believe the record is 51. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not fair to compare the eras. I mean, it, it says something about how remarkable what Marner's done that the people that he's tying are like guys that did it in the 80s. These are from the NHL records department, the active players streaks. So the longest active player that I can see is Patrick Kane went 26 games. Remember that one? 15, yeah, I 16? I do. Yeah. Crosby went 25 during the 10-11 season. Yeah, I remember that one too. Yep. Kane went 20 during the 18-19 season. Paul Stasny went 20 during the 06-07. Crosby went 19-07-08. Taylor Hall went 19 during his MVP run. 
Uh, Corey Perry, 19. So I it shows how rare it is. Like, so, you know, in the yeah. last 15 years, it's only happened, like, what, what are you saying, like eight or nine times or whatever. Yeah. Hard to do. Uh, I say he does not beat Gretzky's record, but it'd be fun if it goes on for a little while longer. Like the, I saw, I saw, um, they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast. You and I were at the game, so we weren't watching the broadcast, but I know that they were talking about the point streak a lot on the broadcast to the point that some fans on social media were saying like, why are they, they're talking about this too much? And does anyone care about this point streak? But then when you're in the building, it's like the fans in the building cared, like he got an ovation and the players really cared. Like there was a like the Leafs got really, really into it. Yeah. How about this for that straight, James? So Gretzky has a record fifty one games. He had sixty one goals and ninety two assists. <laughs> Pretty 60, good. Sixty one goals? Yes. hundred and fifty three points in fifty one games. Jesus. Standard stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't know that uh that's why it's so crazy that Ovechkin's going to pass him in the goals because like what Gretzky did was like, it was just like, it looks like it, it doesn't even, it looks like a different sport or something when you look at some of the records that he set. Different league. So number two, just to get it this out of the way, because I think it's sort of interesting. Number two, can you guess who had the second longest streak? How many games was it? 46. It's one of your guys. One of my guys. Yeah. One of your favorite players. Mario. Mario, 46 games, 39 goals, 64 assists. Oh, number Mario. five, James. So there's actually number tied for number four. Matt Sundin. Didn't mm. know this. 30 game streak for Quebec. Mm. Oh, for the Nordiques. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, why is that? Why isn't it? Uh, why isn't it part of the Leafs streak? So I guess yeah. the Leafs point streak is like not actually that impressive that it's so short. Yeah. Uh, yes, that would be true. I mean, it's top 40. That's it's like not, the, that's not, it's not great. that great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, the history before this stretch was not amazing. All right. Sean wants to go to the Curtis Douglas well. Sean asks, uh, the Leafs seem to have given up on some interesting prospects. Uh, he, he lists Trevor Moore, uh, Mason Marchment, Sean Dersey uh, that they could use right now. Um, some obviously got them some good returns. I'm not saying that Curtis Douglas will be one, but uh, are the Leafs doing a good job of evaluating their own prospects? They haven't had many turn into NHLers on the Leafs, except for a couple first-round picks. You know, Holmberg looks pretty good right now. Um, yeah, but I think there's validity to that, James. Like, Holmberg is, like, going to be – he's, like, a fourth-line kind of center. They have not – they've done a good job in other areas. They have not found, like, gems for the most part in the draft. I don't, like – you know what I mean? Like they they have not found their Braden point. They have not yeah. found that's it's just been a weakness and and it dates back a long time. Like they just haven't done a great job with that. I don't know what well, that is. I mean, uh, those drafts 15, 16, 17. Oh, hurt, awful. They got hurt, nothing. They hurt them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They needed to get get more than they did out of you know, and the, the I, I guess you know they hit on Logren and and Sandine, and you know there were maybe Robertson, I guess, uh, maybe Matthew Nyes, but I you know it does. I, I didn't think uh, that Trevor Moore would be this good. Like he's you know he's he's a legit top six player in L.A. And man, Sean Dersey is a player. Like he's eating huge minutes in L.A. Puts up points. He plays in all situations. That yeah. dude is good. But like man, like what are you supposed to do? Like you're trying to win. You're trying to win a cup. Like you have to give something up to get something. And those, you know what I mean? Like 
but they just haven't had other guys like you need more like tampa has done so well the one that hurts the most is marchman right like like they didn't think that he could play at all they didn't think they didn't think he could play in the nhl and they were wrong like they they just thought he was too slow and not a good enough skater and then he goes obviously to florida and he's an impact player the thing is like it wasn't unfair criticism like he was well, slow they were but, wrong though but he did he kept getting better i guess is probably the yeah, thing that, i don't know jonas like he he was good like right away down there yeah like good ish that like we talk all t- all the time about how big the development system is for the leafs and whatever but if if you can't tell that marchment's a player that that feels problematic well, and they were at a weird point when they made that trade. Like they had all these injuries up front, and they felt like they needed someone who could act, who had NHL experience who could come in and play for them. And they trade for obviously Dennis Malgin, and he comes in and could not play for them. And that 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 situation is kind of going a little bit off the rails now. He's kind of lost lost it a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Malgin, yeah. Well, Mal- obviously the injury to Yarncrock probably keeps things fine but like he's tailed off he's probably coming back in right yeah uh connor w would like to know would bo horvat or timo meyer be a better pickup instead of a defenseman this year both put up goals and points horvat adds center depth meyer's a pinning rfa plays both wings throws hits i mean i i, I like both those players like watching meyer that one move that meyer made on the one that that didn't go in was was amazing he's He's an RFA, but his qualifying offer, I think, is nine or ten million dollars. So, I don't know what the Leafs would do with that if they acquired Meyer, and the asking price would obviously be like through the roof for a guy like that. Horvat makes a lot of sense. Obviously, he'd be positionally he'd be awesome. Stylistically, he'd be awesome. Yeah, I guess the only question is, can you get him enough minutes? You might have to move one of your centers to the wing. I don't eh? think so. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah, you want to go back to that one? I'm just going to get you to talk about it again. Nice. All right. John says, if Yarncroc goes on LTIR, uh, assuming Robertson gets to play uh, on the Tavares line, the Leafs need a 12th forward. Is there any chance of Marley like Joey Anderson or Adam Gaudet draws into that spot? Uh, No slight to Mulgan, Simmons, Clifford, but we've seen what they can offer. Just wondering if you take this opportunity to see what else you've got. I would. What about you? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, y- you look at the production that Godet. I mean, you you signed Godet for a reason, right? You might as well. Well, and they were really clearly very high on him coming into camp, like and they, they like Joey Anderson too. I mean, I know our guy uh, Joshua Cloak, who spends a lot of time around the Marlies. Like he's he's been one of those people that's been Andreas Janssen's on the on the outs in New Jersey and playing in the minors, and Joey Anderson's been really really good for the Marlies. I mean, give him an opportunity. I'd like to see Godet first. I think I kind of know. Would you put Godet with Tavares then? I mean, that's literally how they started training camp. That was something that they wanted yeah. to see. Then he got hurt. So, yeah, I would have no problem with that. And right now, Godet has 12 goals sucked would in the NHL. Would you Godet at center and move Tavares to the wing? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to. Karma. This person's name is Karma. Or at least their name on our site is Karma. Um, Karma Chameleon. Uh, is it possible and wise to save wear and tear on Murray and Samsonov and have Shawgren come up and play as the backup once in a while? I actually wondered if they were going to make 
have just Shalgren be the backup for that San Jose game just because Murray wasn't playing. But like you, you got to be careful with that stuff. I think right. Like you, you, he's not practicing some days. Like you don't want it to become like a. Yeah, it's hard. Kind of isolating him from the group. And it's like hard the, with three goalies. It really is, and the the goalie coaches and like it's just hard to get them the time to do. I I think it's fine with Murray and Samsonov, like the wear and tear. Like what what they're doing is that Murray's not always practicing. Sometimes he's right, like he's going on early and leaving early, yep. and like they're the Leafs have gotten really good at at kind of limiting the 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 time that the guys are working if if they need it. Like the load management, they kind of use like they cut back on practice and morning skates and stuff like that. Well, I am looking at their roster. Right? Oh, there he is. Nothing. Forget it, James. Continue. Uh, I thought I didn't see Shalgren on their active roster, but maybe I don't. He did get sent down. Yeah. Is that you what go. you're asking? Yeah, that happened last night. I guess I missed that. Well, did they announced that when uh, Samsonov came off LTIR, that Shalgren was sent down. Yeah. Um, Corey wants to know, Jonas, have you started watching? I think you should leave. I have not. There are so many shows, James, that are ahead of that in the. I think the you queue. should leave. Is like it's like it's kind of like an SNL, like it's skits. So that's the thing I like about it is you can just watch it for like two minutes. Like it's just like really short. And it's really zany. I don't know if it's going to be up your alley. It's kind of more my style of just like really nonsensical. You know that you've seen this picture of the guy dressed as a hot dog. Have you seen that? It's like yes. A, it's like a meme. Maybe. And, and the guy's saying like, we got to find the guy who did this. And the meme is that there's a store and this giant hot dog car crashes into it. And then everyone's like, what happened? Like, oh, where did this like? And then there's a guy in a hot dog suit. And he's like, we got to find the guy who did this. And clearly it's him because only the guy in the hot dog suit was driving the hot dog car. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Hmm. And there's another one where they're, they're, there's like a focus group and they're trying to, they're doing a focus group for a car. That one's really funny too. And there's like some memes that have come out of that one as well. We are way off the rails. Well, this is the question we we got to answer the question. So we are running out of time. How many more questions do you want to do? Like lightning round, or let's do one more, one or two more good ones. Uh, oh, I got lots of bad ones. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan says uh, Justin Hall for the Norris. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Zach says, "How much fun is the parade going to be?" Um, James P wants to know: uh, Did the salary cap ruin hockey? Should fans care about how much the players make? I think some people find the salary cap interesting. I mean, certainly, I write about it a lot, and and we get a lot of people are interested in. I would uh, like a soft cap. Yeah, well, so I, I mean, if you're a Leafs fan, sure you would. Was it where our producer is sending us a whole bunch of messages while we're trying to talk here, which is because we have to wrap up, James. There's time constraints. I know, but that's not what he's saying right now. He's saying something else. He says, "Make sure you mention the new deal on the dock as you sign off." You know what that you means? You want to read the new deal? Yeah, I don't even know what it deal. is. You read Get it. Get a new subscription to the Athletic for two dollars a month for twelve months when you visit theathletic.com. Last week it was one dollar a month. James, as <laughs> the Black Friday sale, geez. <laughs> two dollars is still worth Jonas is worth two dollars a month. Jonas had a great story about all the seven Swedish players on the Leafs team and how they um all hang out together all they, the time. How they go for dinner. 
And I thought they were going to eat Swedish food, but they eat Italian food together. <laughs> so they turn their back on Swedish cuisine on the road and go for Italian. And Jonas has another story coming soon. And it's about how one of the Leafs players has a sommelier. <laughs> it's true. Enough, James. It's enough. True. Well, Don't everyone's going to be anymore. signing up now. The site's going to be crashed because people try and get that $2 a month deal to read about, uh, about the sommelier. So intent to prove you. And, and there's Go another ahead. player in the Leafs who, who likes to leave his window open. <laughs> Shut up, James. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Last question. Oh, you question. want more questions? I thought we were done. Okay. Um, Kyle, not Kyle Dubas. Kyle, a different Kyle. Uh, he says, I'm not arguing that Keefe's controversial comments, so-called controversial comments, sparked Marner's recent play, but is it fair to say at this point that the Keefe-Marner drama was blown out of proportion? Um, I mean, I, I wrote about that, so I do not think it was blown out of proportion. I think that there was, I, I think it's, I think looking back, you can say it's healthy, right? You know, sometimes you have disagreement and you find a way to communicate a little bit differently and move past it and you end up in a good place. So like, like there's going to be things where there's going to be times where there's adversity. There's going to be times where you don't agree. It's like, it's like with your spouse or with your friends or your family or whatever, like you're going to have disagreements and how do you move past them and work on them that that shows what the you know do you descend in dis, to dysfunction or do you figure it out and they figured it out well said all right james um, we have to go so oh boy another timo meyer question go to the athletic.com slash sleep report two dollars a month for 12 months not one dollar a month but two dollars a month is still amazing lots of good stuff on there NBA, NFL, World Cup. Our man Josh Cloak has been in Qatar writing some great stuff. Obviously, a disappointing run for Canada. But well, it was. Did they lose to Morocco today? They were down two to one. We last are I recording checked. during the game. Yeah. It was. And it looks like they lost. Yeah. Yes. Boy. Well, at least they scored two goals. That was more. My over under was, was one goal. So they scored two goals. Yeah. Two is better than one. One is better than none. Canada in soccer is like Latvia or something in hockey or some. I think some, they're better than that. Some minnow country, and they might be worse than that. Not anymore. Ooh. Anyway, we'll see. You and I got to go to the when the World Cup's in Toronto in four years. We got to be there. Yeah, we're gonna f it up. <laughs> All right, James. We will talk next week. I don't know when next week because I'm on the road and you're on the road, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. So, see you later. Thanks, Jonas.